Welcome back, everybody, to Cape Sports Now. It is our second episode of our all-new Facebook Live podcast. I'm Steve Dudair, and I'm a sports reporter for the Cape Cod Times alongside Matt Goisman, also a sports reporter. And Matt, championship week's finally here. Heck yeah. Yeah, we got the Mashpee boys basketball team heading to the semifinals, state semifinals tonight in Division Four. They'll play at 4 p.m. at TD Garden against Pope John 23rd. Should be a great matchup, Matt. We had a lot to break down. I, I'm excited. I know you're excited. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, sports reporters, the high school, we, we love these kind of games. Uh, huge crowds, great energy, big arenas. Um, you know, and this is a new territory for Mashpee. Mashpee has never played in the state semifinals in boys basketball. They got here with their first South sectional crown ever. They beat Cohasset pretty handily uh, um, on Saturday over at Taunton. They're feeling really good, and they are just looking to continue this record-breaking season for them in the state semis. Yeah, this all happened really quickly. I mean, you look at the past week. I mean, we were just in the quarterfinal last mm-hmm. week, and it's been they've already played three games in that week since. Yeah. Four, and then it'll be a fifth game later this week, hopefully for them, if they're to get past the semifinals. So just some quick information. So tickets are $15 all across the board today. They're available at Ticketmaster.com, but you can also get them at the door. Mm-hmm. Just a quick note on that: there's no bag and backpack policy allowed. You know, for more on that, Mashpee's Twitter's been doing a great job keeping us updated on all that. So either go to there or check out the MIA website. Should be great. And then something, speaking of Mashpee Twitter, something they pointed out. I mean, this is they claim, and this is the first Cape team to, in the same season to play at Gillette Stadium for football. Yep. And then TD Garden for basketball. That's a pretty unusual accomplishment, not just for Cape Cod, but for really the whole state. For sure. And three of the starting football players were also key members. I'm sorry, three of the starting basketball players were all key members of the football team. Obviously, Devon Ford, who was just sort of did everything basically for the football team. You also had Michael Barrows, who was a two-way player, and Kendall Rose, who played on, on both sides of the ball too. All in the starting five, all coming off good games uh, against – Cohasset in the state ba- in the South uh, finals for basketball. So yeah, for the three of them, this will be a particular thrill of getting to play in these two major stadium, you know, arenas at the same year. Right, and now you're starting to get into the unfamiliar territory. I mean, not again, not a lot of turnaround time for coach head coach Rick Bullerys to kind of scout Pope John. A uh, one last team this year, have 21 and one, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. A team out of 22 Everett. And one, excuse 20, excuse me, 22 and one out of Everett. Matt, what can you tell us about the about the uh, Tigers? They have a really, really good offense. Uh, they routed Austin Prep in the North Finals. It was seventy-eight to thirty-five. You don't really expect the team to win by forty in the in the sectional finals, but they did. Counting that game, they've had eight games this season where they have scored at least seventy points. So they definitely, definitely can put up points. And if they're only giving up thirty-five, that means they can play some pretty good defense too. The key members for this team, against Austin Prep, you had senior captain Michael Thompson. He scored 21 points and had 12 rebounds. Then you had Angel uh, Price Espada, who was the MVP of the Catholic Central League's uh, small division. He scored 19. Mecky Collins and Cam Erickson each scored 10. The interesting thing with uh, this Pope John the 23rd team is several players, including Thompson and Price Espada, all attended St. Clement, which was a private school in Medford that closed last year. And when that happened, they all decided collectively, we want to finish our careers together at the high school level. And they all transferred to Pope John the 23rd. 
and the Tigers have clearly benefited from this arrival of new talent. Yeah, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think the only team they lost to this year was O'Brien, a very solid Division mm-hmm. Two team this year. So in Division Four, no one's really touched on I mean, You mentioned the, their sectional final. I'm mean, only giving up 35 points. I'm really interested to see how Pope John's defense matches up against Mashby's offense, which we know can score in droves, mm-hmm. and especially in the fourth quarter, which we can get to later. Yep. They've really been a solid team across the board. Absolutely. With Mashby... The the common theme with them, if you listen to their huddles or talk to them afterwards, is this idea of weathering the storm, this idea that every team is going to go on a run at some point when they're trailing, and how the other team responds to that. Do they just let it happen? Do they collapse? Do they just kind of ride it out, weather it, and then regain their rhythm? You know, that's what Nashville always tries to do. It's what they always talk about, and it's generally worked for them. You know, they... Cohasset made a good run to come back from 10 down early in the third quarter. They took a couple of one-point leads. Mashby remained focused. They survived that, and then they dominated after that. I mean, they closed out the quarter strong and the third quarter strong and then opened the fourth quarter with 14 unanswered points, and it was over. Right, and, and I think what Mashby does great, and, and all great teams do this, I mean, they're going to let – you know, they're stronger score. They're going to let it – he's going to do his thing. He's going right. to score his points. But you make everyone else beat you. I mean, looking at this past week, they beat Old Colony 78-60, facing mm-hmm. Jake Jason, who's arguably the best player in Division Four herself. Yep. I mean, I know obviously Mashpee can make an argument <laughs> with Devon Ford. Possibly we'll get to that later. But Jake Jason, 33 points, still an 18-point win. And, again, that had a lot to do with the fourth quarter, not letting Old Colony get back in the game and really just kind of diminishing their hopes as that game went along. Mm-hmm. Then they went on and beat Blue Hills, 82-59. Devon Ford scores his 1,000 point. You were yep. at that game. Really, I mean, did that game feel over pretty much in the first half? I was not at that game. I believe oh, Skander. Oh, Skander, was that, oh, sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> you were at the sectional final. But, I was. Um, Where I mean, Ford hit that, another big Looking at that game, I mean, Mashby had that one in hand early. Yeah, that I think by halftime that was basically over. That was not a... a maybe the most competitive right. matchup of the playoffs. Um, I did cover the Cohasset game, and Ford, Devon Ford had a big moment in that, too. He is now Mashpee's all-time leading scorer. He came in needing six points. He scored 22. He broke the record in the early in the second half. Uh, you know, this is a kid who is going to graduate as the highest basketball scorer and one of the best running backs you know, in the football program's history. They've had some really good running backs over there, and I don't – Devon's always kind of had to split his carries, whereas a couple of years ago, senior Deshaun Diaz was their only guy. So, you know, he put up over 2,000. I don't really know that Devon can can beat that, but he is going to go down as one of the best all-around athletes, and he may wind up playing at a like a D1 – FCS kind of program. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And let's not forget, he's only a junior. I mean, he still Absolutely. has one more year. This, yeah, he's going to graduate. Is a, this, this almost seems like a swan song given his success, but I mean, he still has a whole other year, assuming you know he's still you know sticking around and I, going yeah, through he, the process. He's on pace to graduate with 1,400 <laughs> points. I mean, if he not plays not really well next year, 1,500. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a really singular athlete uh, in Mashpee's history. You know, but what makes the Falcons good is he is not the only one who can take over a game. Michael Frazier scored seven, uh, the point guard senior scored 17 points in, in this game, and he's gone for over 20 many times this season. You know, if he gets his three point shot going early, he can easily be a 20 point scorer. Then you had Anthony Gonzalez, who 
scored 16 points and had 11 rebounds against Cohasset, but can go for 20. You had Michael Barrows, who actually was held a little bit. He got in foul trouble early against Cohasset, so mm-hmm. he couldn't score as much as he's used to, but he still grabbed 10 rebounds. And then Kendall Rose scored 10 points. That's their, their fifth starter. Kendall Rose is a player that I think other teams do not game plan as mm-hmm. much to stop. And so if he can step up, you know, 10 points is a good scoring night for him. And if right. he can give them double digits again, that will throw off uh, Pope John the 23rd because they will not be expecting him to really contribute. But he can score. He can shoot threes and he can go inside. I mean, he's a fairly complete player in his own way. So the question for you is, I mean, if you're, if you're Pope John, I mean, because we've seen from Mashby do both things well, drive to the lane, get to the rim, but also kick it out for three. Mm-hmm. If you're Pope John, I'll tell you what I think. I mean, yep. I would think in the garden, kind of throwing off the shot a little bit, I'd make them shoot from as far deep as possible and say, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us from the outside. Because if you get to the rim and get those easy baskets and free throws, I think it's Mashby all day long that allows them to stick around earlier. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Anthony Gonzalez has proven himself to be a, a very, very powerful force there in, in the low post out of the mm. center position. And if he really gets it going, if he's grabbing offensive rebounds and taking it inside, he can make life very hard for Pope John the 23rd. I think you probably take your chances and force three-point shots if you can. Right, because Old Colony, I saw them try to play a 1-3-1, and even against zones and stuff like that, I mean, you really need to protect the yeah. rim, not just the middle of the paint, but you got to protect the rim. Because again, if you're giving up easy layups mm-hmm. and you're sending these people, you're sending Mashby to the foul line. It's it's advantage Mashby, absolutely. Yeah, Kohatsid kind of ran a, a a real soft kind of full court press. I didn't think it was really effective at all. They just sort of dribbled through it. If uh, Pope John the twenty third goes like with a full court man, it'll be interesting to see how Mashby reacts to that because there have not been too many teams that really try to match their athleticism. Um, so. You know, we saw Nantucket do a little bit of that when they played in the regular season. That might work, but zones have not right. worked super well. And just the last thing, and I know you could touch on this a little bit, I really like the guys coming off the bench from Mashby. Mm-hmm. Gives those guys those energy managers. You mentioned Michael Barris in trouble. They have a couple guys who can come off the bench. Devin Hughes really, specifically, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's just a big key for, for a team that can kind of just keep the engine rolling, mm-hmm. not let teams get back in the game when you have to go to your bench. Absolutely. Games. You know, this was this is the first time a Cape team is going to be playing in the Garden in basketball since Martha's Vineyard made the D3 state semifinals in 2013. Um, and the last Cape team in any sport to go to the Garden were the Falmouth Girls hockey team in 2015 when they won the Division II state title. So it's been a while since the Cape has had a basketball team at the Garden. You know, this is considered – it's sometimes called the Eastern Mass Championship because it's a pretty big win in its mm-hmm. own way, even if you can then go on to the uh, state finals, which are Saturday. They will be against either Pioneer Valley or Maynard. Maynard won Division Four last year and were the state runners up in 2016. So beating, Austin, uh, beating Pope John the 23rd is not any guarantee of anything. There's still two pretty good teams waiting for you. In the finals. Right. Central Mass, you mentioned that out of Maynard and then Pioneer Valley out of Western Massachusetts. You yep. Know, both teams who obviously they, they go through tough stretches as well. And again, it's kind of hard to compare the different you know regions yeah. and stuff like that because the teams at the top usually have talent anyway. Of course. So you can't really hold you know the, the rest of the divisions against you. At this point, you're kind of just doing what got you here. Yep. And that's what Rick Bullies kind of keeps you know in, in telling his team. Just do with what got, what got you here, which 
So far, it's worked pretty well for the Falcons. Absolutely. So, again, 4 o'clock TD Garden today, $15 a piece for tickets. You can get them on Ticketmaster.com or at the Garden. Follow along with Matt on yeah, Twitter. Oh yeah, I'll definitely be twinning for, uh, tweeting from the game. I'm at Matt Goisman, CCT, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T, as in Cape Cod Times. So definitely follow me if you want updates. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we'll be retweeting from the Sports CCT, uh, the Sports Department's Twitter feed as well. And then check out capecodtimes.com slash sports. Check out Matt's preview story on today's game. Matt, you said this team was a family. I don't know if you want to touch on that real quickly, just what that means to them and how long that's been a motto for. Yeah, I, I mean, the sports team as family – it's a little bit of a cliched comparison. It gets thrown around a lot by athletes in all kinds of sports, but this is a team where these players have known each other for a really, really long time. Michael Frazier, Michael Barrows, and Devon Ford have been playing together since travel league, you know, back when Frazier and Barrows were seniors were in the fourth grade. Ford is a year younger. Gonzalez came in two years later in the sixth grade. You know, they remember he was talking to me about almost making the championship in the travel league until they lost to New Bedford when they were in like seventh or eighth grade. So Mm -hmm. this is a team that has been playing together for a long time. They play together on other sports. It's hard to find a better word to describe them. You know, these teams take up more time than any other activity you do in your life. You see them more in some ways than you do your actual blood relatives. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's an incredibly physically and emotionally draining commitment to go do something like this. So, yeah, it's like a family. They see you at your most emotional, and they are the people you spend the most of your time with. Yeah, they're a team that really seems to be composed to, and I think that has a lot to do with trust in one another. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing, too, you mentioned all these football guys. They're used to playing on the big stage. I mean, they played at Gillette Stadium three times. Frankly, I don't know if there's a freaker stage than that. You know, a seven, albeit it's mostly empty, a 70,000 <laughs> you know, uh, capacity stadium. For sure. And playing in front of the eyes of the whole state. I mean, this is a team that's composed under pressure. Even if they get in that situation, we mentioned the fourth quarter, they mm. have really dominated teams. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the same later today. Yeah. So how about we run through some other teams? Yeah, let's look back a little we, bit. Uh, yeah, last week was definitely very hectic. I think we had a, <laughs> 10 teams at least, if, if I'm counting correctly just competing in sectional uh, tournament play this past week. We'll start with the Nasset girls who made it to the sectional finals. They had a great run. I mean, they rallied. They had to rally in all three games yep. that they played this past week. You know, they rallied to beat Duxbury 50-41, to 41, um, I believe. They rallied to beat Pembroke. Yep, they the rallied to beat Pembroke by the same. And then you were at the game against Foxborough. Yeah, which they, they couldn't rally. I mean, they played good defense. I mean, they held a team that was averaging about 67 points a game to 40, but – they just couldn't score. I mean, mm-hmm. Foxborough just played really good defense. They pounced on uh, Nossett center, uh, Skylar Sanderson. Anytime Nossett tried to throw it inside, there would just be two or three hands in the way, knocking it away, you know, easy steals. That led to fast break opportunities. And there wasn't really anybody who scored on the outside to make up for it. You know, Ave Burns is a, a good three-point shooter, but I think she only had one. Meehan... Uh, Reagan Meehan had an off game just, mm-hmm. I think, because she was harassed a lot, too, by their their perimeter defense. You know, they went as far as they could. They won the first Atlantic Coastal League title they've ever won. They made the South Finals for pretty much every administrator I talked to said that's never happened before. And everybody who 
did anything for the team this year pretty much, you know, who's a major contributor, should be back next year. A year older, a year more experienced, hopefully a year more physically strong because they got pushed around a little bit by uh, Foxborough. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them in this spot next year. Yeah, and I, that's a big credit to head coach Heath this year. I think he's gradually bringing the team along the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I think they'll be back. I think, what would you think the one piece or maybe the one thing that they need to get over the top in future years? What I'd actually like to see them develop is a second inside option. So that it's not just Skyler and a bunch of outside shooters. You know, they have other forwards, but, you know, I'd like to see uh, Ganella, you know, become more confident operating in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the paint. I'd like to see Mares do the same. She kind of, she picked up three fouls right away. That was Nosset's biggest problem is they mm-hmm. committed way too many fouls against Foxborough. And so they didn't give up a ton of free throws, but it definitely threw off how they like to play right. defense. Right. Very aggressively. I'm, I'm very much so on that full court press, but. Definitely a good season by them. Another good season from Found Academy Girls. Yep. That kind of, speaking of swan songs, kind of felt like a swan song with them with Kendall Kearns. Absolutely. The Capes all-time leading scorer. Tough to see her that emotional you know, at the end of an outstanding, if that's even the word to put it, high school career. What was that? How many points did she finish with? Do you have the total off the top of your head? I mean, it, was it was over 2,300. <laughs> it's, it's the 17th most all-time in Massachusetts history and the ninth most among girls basketball players. I, Kendall Currents, the Cape will probably never see a scorer like him, her Excuse me, again. She's just – it was so much fun to watch her for the last three seasons. I unfortunately wasn't here yet for her freshman year, but – just a singular force that played the basketball as if nobody else was on the court with her. She would just operate in her own space and do her own thing, and nobody could stop her. And I look forward to seeing what she can achieve at Northeastern next year. Right, definitely uh, Division One. Always excited to see Cape players play the Division One level. But mm-hmm. they had to fight to get to, to play Cathedral. I mean, they rallied to beat Nantucket 59-54 in overtime. In overtime. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I said it last week on the show, she almost has to be your LeBron James. She really did take over that game yeah. and say, hey, get everyone get on my back. I'm going to get you guys to the next round. And that's exactly what happened. It's, it's a tough place to play. Nantucket had a very great year. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, they're just another team like Nasi, who's just maybe one or two pieces away from making a, a longer ride next year. So they ran into Cathedral, the two-time defending state champ, 85-58. And, again, there's only so much you can do there against a very powerhouse team. And we, I think you were shocked as much as I was that Cathedral actually didn't win the South sectional title. They got knocked off by, by Coyle, I believe. Yeah. yeah, so. Although I saw Coyle play, and Coyle was very good. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, just because a team beats up a Cape team pretty good does not guarantee they're suddenly the state champion. Right. Um, you know, Falmouth Academy, their biggest problem was Cathedral was much bigger, you know, and, and they just killed Falmouth Academy on offensive rebounds, Mm -hmm. which was a problem for the team all year. You know, if you ask Mariners coach Gus Adams, he will say without hesitation. Yeah. You know, we don't really, we didn't really have a big post presence this year, like we did in previous years, you know, looking at Nantucket, the Cape and Islands league with currents graduating, I think is wide open. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, really see that any other of the Cape teams, but the Cape and Islands League teams are going to step in automatically to fill that void. Everybody's, you know, was either just kind of okay this year or are also losing key players. So 
Nantucket could easily win the league again next year. They shared it with FA this year and maybe go even deeper. Right. Then the last girls basketball team that's played this past week was Falmouth Girls, kind of like mm-hmm. Nossett struggling on their offense in the beginning. They lost to Pembroke 51-42. The Falmouth boys also played this past week. They beat Nossett at home 63-46. That was Eli Harris's uh, 1,000th point. Yep. Always a little different when, when you score your 1,000th point in the postseason than the regular mm-hmm. season. Not much time to celebrate, kind of like yeah, you saw exactly. that with Ford. Yeah, pretty much. Really Devon Ford, ce- they did nothing. You really well. can't celebrate during the game. It's something you could do afterward, but you can't really stop the game for that and everything mm-hmm. like that. So just kind of a nice pat on the back, get back to work, Absolutely. and we'll celebrate afterward. You had Nossett, you know, we just mentioned that their boys basketball team lost to Falmouth. Uh, Nantucket also made a bit of a run. They were the number one seed in Division Four boys, in Div- Division Four South boys. They beat St. John Paul seventy-two forty-eight before mm-hmm. losing at. They played a Bourne, playing Cohasset, and they had to rally in that one, but they fell short to Cohasset sixty-eight sixty-one in overtime, I believe. Yeah, yeah, just a uh, good run for Nantucket too. I mean, you look at a team that they only lost one game in the regular season. It was to Abington, kind of a a non-division game. They pretty and much Mash- ran the table. Mashby. That's right, they did lose to Mashby. Sorry, I forgot about their season, regular season finale. Yep. Seems like it was all wrapped up at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a very good team we talked about last week. And they just, again, maybe they just one, two pieces away from really making another run. It's tough. They're going to lose a few seniors off yeah. that team. But they still have a lot of young talent that I think they can continue to run the table in the Cape and Islands if they keep it together. They can. I, I think what killed them against uh, Cohasset was probably lack of height. Cohasset's a tall team. They rebound well. And uh, Nantucket's strength is its guards, is its ability to shoot outside and its speed. If you can take advantage of that height, it can be very hard to stop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nantucket, very good this year. Kalik Liburd scored his 1,000th point. We had a bunch of 1,000-point yeah, scores yeah. this year. I mean, that could be its own show if we just broke down. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> easily the most, if any, basketball season I've covered on the Cape, which admittedly is only like three. But I think right. we had seven or eight kids score either their 1,000th or, in Currents' case, 2,000th point this year. So uh, strong senior class, although not everyone who did it was a senior, uh, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with hockey, you know, we had two teams go pretty deep. We had – the D.Y. girls, Dennis Yarmouth, and then the Barnstable girls each reached the state quarterfinals. Very good runs for both of those teams. D.Y. is super young, so I would definitely expect them to be back next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, head coach John Shaw, obviously disappointed for his seniors. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I D.Y. was pretty confident they could win. They weren't overlooking Algonquin by any, by any means, but – this was a game they felt confident in. And, and, and you look, it was 2-2 in the third period. They outshot yeah. the T-Ox 12-2. They just couldn't find the back of the net. And then one shot, and Algonquin all game shooting the puck high. Just seems like they got the right bounces. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how hockey works sometimes. Definitely. But still cool to see for, for Maeve Terry. It was only her second goal of the year. She scored with 18 seconds left in the first period. Mm-hmm. Tied at one, so an exciting moment for her. And Summer Walsh, who hadn't scored a goal, she's a defenseman. All season scores your first goal on yeah, a slap shot. That's awesome. So, I mean, <laughs> lasting memories even through a loss. And and when you really look at the grand scheme of things, when it's all done, that's what it's all about. What kind of memories you make in tournament time. Absolutely. And you, were, you I believe, covered Barnstable girls. They fell short to Methuen Tewksbury 3-1 to one in yep. the state quarterfinal, quarterfinals, right? Quarterfinals, yeah, yeah at, uh, at Warrior Ice Arena, the Brighton. What a cool arena that is, huh? It's cool looking. I didn't actually love covering it there because <laughs> the seats are only on one side of the ice, so and there's no press area. So it was not my favorite place to uh, cover a game, but it, I always like when I get to go to 
new facilities like that. You know, with that game, Methuen Tewksbury was just better. I mean, they right. they they plugged up um, the neutral zone, and Barnstable just could not skate with any speed to the the net. You know, they were the higher seed. They won. They were the better team. Disappointing, I'm sure, for the Red Raiders, but I think probably the better team won that day. I have to say one thing about the, the tournament hockey, though. We cover games at Cal. That's it's a great atmosphere there with the yep. music. The place fills up. Cal is great, yeah. I know. I went to Watertown, Johnny Ryan Arena, you know, historical arena and stuff like that, but the, it was kind of a drag in the atmosphere. You know, there was no music playing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I know you were at a practice rink. I don't know what the atmosphere pregame was like there. Okay. It was a 4 o'clock game, so people were still kind of, you know, yeah. staggering in and stuff like that, but – there, there was an energy lacking in that building. I'm not saying that had anything to do with DUI's loss, but just a notably different mm -hmm. atmosphere. And it's and a little disappointing when you get to you know this stage of the tournament. Sure. And sometimes maybe we take Gallo for granted. Maybe that's a credit to John Hickey over there <laughs> at Gallo Ice Arena. John, keep doing what you're doing because every time you go there for a, for a playoff hockey game, it feels like for the sure. atmosphere. Uh, one last game, speaking of Bourne, their boys hockey team, tough end for them, another one goal mm -hmm. loss, 2-1 loss at Ashland. A team I saw last year play Nantucket. And yep. You remember Nantucket's <laughs> team last year. They were a very good team. They put up a tough fight against them. Um, overall, hoping for a fast and speedy recovery for Coach, Coach Welsh over mm -hmm. there, and hopefully he can get back behind the bench next season. Absolutely. I think that I uh, do it for us here at Cape Sports Now. Thanks for watching along. If you are heading out to Boston to go watch the Falcons, probably should leave sooner rather than <laughs> later just uh, for all the traffic and stuff. We'll be back again next week. I'm Matt Goisman. Again, you can find me on Twitter at MattGoismanCCT. And I'm Steve Dardarian. You can find me on Twitter as well, Steve underscore Dardarian. That's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. And for continuing coverage of high school sports, be sure to check out capecodtimes.com slash sports or pick up uh, your print edition of the Cape Cod Times. Thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you next week. Drive safely.